Welcome to the Space Cave. I'm David Huntsberger. A big warg to all of you, and especially those of you who came out to the uh, junk show last night. Hopefully some of you did, and enjoyed some variety in Los Angeles. If you're ever in LA the second Sunday of any given month, there's a good chance the junk show will be happening in the back room of the Copper Still, which is part of the Jaragua restaurant on Beverly Boulevard. Come on by and see some animation, stand-up, things of that nature. I recorded this before the show happened, so I have no idea how it went. Perhaps uh, it was a complete disaster, and I've ended the show for good and burrowed away in some hole somewhere. Unlikely. Uh, Hopefully it was fun, and hopefully some of you were there. And there are some new uh, screen-printed items. Uh, Thanks to Paul for being so patient, who ordered some a while ago. And I couldn't find the ones I thought I had on hand, and then I, uh, I just screened up some new ones. So the cave poster and some Space Burger t-shirts, things like that, are in the inventory now. So if you want to support the show that way, as opposed to Patreon or um, like a, just a standard donation. I don't, see, I don't see why you should donate. I might take that button off the front page of the, the website, because really you should get something out of the deal beyond just, here you go. The Patreon, you get bonus episodes and insights and little looks into things, some behind-the-scenes stuff. Not just always with this podcast, some stand-up stuff, things like that as well. Yeah, if anything that you contribute to the show should get something in return beyond just this high-quality listening content brought to you from contributions by listeners just like you. Thanks to all of you who do support the show in any way, whether that's rating, subscribing, reviewing, telling a friend, suggesting beer or guests or music or whatever else that might be. Thanks for being a part of it. Let's get right into part two with a good friend, a great dude, really good comedian. I hope you enjoyed part one. Part two, uh, more of the same with the great Shane Moss. Here's, here's that. Sweet one, Dave. Really great intro. So you went a little crazy, which is probably, I guess, good for the documentary. I mean, that that's... Oh, it was like such a dream for like my director <laughs> because we didn't know what the film was going to be yeah. um, until I like lost my mind and Dude, went to a Do people keep asking board. you about like Rocky Erickson or people like that? Those are kind of the cautionary tales that hmm. if someone's listening that I'm knows... I'm not familiar. So he's an Austin musician that was part of this psychedelic group kind of... Pink Floyd-esque 13th floor elevators really starting to gain like a big following in Texas. And, and if anyone's listening uh, from Texas has familiarity with him, they're very passionate about him. A lot of people think that it's meds they gave him later on, that he's not crazy or that he was just diagnosed with something. I, I don't really know, but I know the documentary I watched about him, they painted the picture as like he had been one of those uh, cautionary tales of like he just did too much LSD or too much of something and it kind of fried him out, which mm-hmm. is what they used to say in the 60s like, hey, hey be careful. You turn into one of those, like, kind of. I don't think that's what happened to mm-hmm. Rocky, but I also don't know. But I know people that are maybe big into um, 
psychedelics and things like that. And also fans of his would say like, that's crazy. It just perpetuates this myth. So I don't honestly know, but I, I would imagine when you tell people like, I'm doing this thing on psychedelics, they go, Hey, be careful. You don't want to, you don't want to disappear. Yeah. I mean, that is the irony of, you know, kind of what I set out to do was to show people just how safe psychedelics (laughs) actually are. They've been a wonderful thing in my life since, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, 16 year old like insecure young and not that i don't still have like insecurities and whatnot it's not like some do magic we ever shake them? no I mean, we're just who we are i mean sometimes i'm very like thankful that uh you know this is a byproduct of self-awareness mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are people that seem to lack that uh sometimes and sometimes when i see those people like i don't know i go back you were talking about just having your shit together earlier and, and, you know, going like that's, I started doing CrossFit here and there. I'm not in town enough to do it regularly, but I've done it before. And, and something that's always struck me is like everyone in there. Cause these aren't people that I'm like having deep philosophical conversations with. <laughs> yeah. They don't necessarily, a lot of the people there might even seem like a little toward the kind of oblivious side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to like pat myself on my back too much or whatever, be too judgmental. But one, one thing that is clear is that like a lot of these people also seem to just like kind of have their shit together. You know, they're just kind of like doing the things that you're supposed to do yeah. that like I've rebelled against my whole life. It was like a wake up for me. I'm like, Oh yeah, maybe like this diet and exercise stuff and like just kind of staying on top of your bills and this conscientiousness stuff that I've never had my entire life. Maybe that is like an important trait (laughs) that you can, you can work on. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I set out, uh, to show how safe psychedelics are, um, because they've just been amazing for me since I was a very, very young man. Um, and you know, I've gone up and down with lives and uh, how much I do them. Um, but I was also like, really, we are on a low budget, a short amount of time to do this. And, um, you know, it's probably not the equivalent of like, listen, we're making this bungee jumping show. We didn't have the right amount of bungee, but listen, we had to get it done. It's not that level of dangerous, but it's probably, it's not how you would typically do it. No, and not not only was it that um, I was recording myself for the documentary doing all that, but when, even when the documentary, even when we weren't recording, I was just doing a lot of psychedelics trying to tap into like, okay, what is this headspace? And I was coming into, and I was also, I had just finished my my big tour that I was like drinking and like not taking care of myself. And, and so I was also trying to do like this hard kind of reset and like quit drinking, quit smoking cigarettes, start taking better care of myself, turn my whole life around. (laughs) And like, uh, and so I was just doing a lot of, um, lots of things, mostly mushrooms, which have always just been so great. And it was like work. It was like snapping me out of this depression that I was feeling better and healthier. I was starting to build some good habits. And like, wow, these things are just really like, what a great, if we can show if I, what if I just keep on gobbling mushrooms and I just keep on like <laughs> getting smarter and more creative and healthy. Like usually I'd done mushrooms to be like, I'm depressed right now. I'll do mushrooms. Um, 
and see. Okay, that helped a little bit. I'm still depressed. I'll do mushrooms again. Okay, I think I like sorted some stuff out now, and I can, um, you know, I'm like doing oh, fine. Yeah. And I was like, well, let's try for good. And then I got good, and I was like, let's try for great. And I was like, well, what's after that? And that was like, there's a big lesson um, that I learned was like, you know, if things are going good for you, like, yeah, you should probably stick with that. Like, if it ain't. Broke, it, don't fix it. It probably all ties into all that though. The people at CrossFit, the like, where is baseline good? Mm-hmm. Where is just, and I, it's so dismissive to say that anyone's happy and has like a, you know, well, I drive this kind of car and I go right. to CrossFit and my schedule's this awesome, dude. I got tickets to this. Hey, have you tried this new brew pub? Whoa, mm-hmm. you're like this person. Do they ever stop and think about the things I think about? Mm-hmm. They probably do. Yeah, but there's outwardly it seems very unlikely that they do and i'm just never going to be that person i'm right. never going to be like that so maybe i have to go about this with a different tactic mm-hmm. so that makes sense that like you would uh be chasing their habits chasing things that they do but you know it, it, it's, but with psychedelics <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, and and but yeah what ultimately happened was i just um you know i i ended up uh I was I was getting I was getting pretty manic, um, in like a hypomanic, like super productive, really creative, like just really on top of shit. Like it's really the dream. Um like hypomania, like a sustained, stable hypomania is like <laughs> what everyone wishes they could be all of the time. Uh, which I think is just impossible. And uh and then just to I, interject quickly in there. I don't know what phase of the journey this occurred at but it always struck me as funny we were kind of catching up just over email or something and he said what have you been up to and I wrote like a paragraph or two and what are you up to and you just wrote back move to Portland or something like that something very it was like a sentence or two and I was like man this guy has good habits like he's not buying into this emoji Oh yeah, I don't do that at all. Yeah, <laughs> but it just yeah. Very sorry, like, was... he's just trimmed all the fat. From <laughs> oh yeah, well, now I feel bad that no, I, didn't. I didn't. It, yeah, it yeah. didn't in any way seem uh, heartless or thoughtless or anything. It just seemed like here are the pertinent details. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was really. Uh, I'm very much with emails, with with texts, even phone. It drives my girlfriend crazy that I'm like, well, this this is we got caught up on what we do today and. Like what? Why are we? Why are we still like on the phone? Like I get if we're together, we're like mm-hmm. hanging out, and watching TV. But like you know, yeah, it's just we we got. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess I don't need to apologize because you weren't offended. But yeah, no, I'm not at all. Like I feel like I to a certain degree operate similarly, but that was a new level where I was picturing you like hovering plates you know with yeah. telekinesis or something like man this guy is- I, I really was <laughs> i was really hovering pl- it was it was like things were really turning around but well, well things were going good like my tour was really good i was just like it was so good i was just like living it up and partying too much and mm-hmm. you know you, you've seen me drinking um i just like I don't drink like a normal person does i don't drink well, i don't like have I one saw- or two drinks and i asked you for this, uh, like, hey, you're drinking beer these days. He said, I don't drink. And I was like, because I remember the three or four years ago, I guess. I think it was maybe when we were backstage at UCB. And I was like, 
I think it came up again there and you were like, oh, I'll have like, I drink a little bit nowadays. I go, really? I go, what happened? And you're like, I just took some time off and realized you don't have to drink like a college idiot. Yeah. And but I was like, oh man, you did it. Like you became one of those no. people. Nah, it's, it's, that's disheartening, not to me, but I, I'm assuming someone listening thinking like, boy, I'd love to just keep alcohol in my life, but I can't keep doing it the way I do. Man, if I could just have some beers, like I could, if I was, if I was just like, here's a rule, you can only drink beer. Mm -hmm. I could drink as much beer as I wanted to all of the time and never have a problem. Mm -hmm. Part of that is because I don't like beer that much. And so I just don't drink it very fast. So I will always just drink like a, I'll nurse every beer, but yeah, yeah, the hard stuff always like calls to me. (laughs) Um, I was hoping, because I watched a documentary about people with like heroin addiction and things using for, um, psychedelics to offset some of that. It wasn't all that compelling. It was this thing National Geographic did. And I. Iboga is a big one right now okay. for heroin addiction. That's mm-hmm. That might be. Uh, I think they were just using a basic version of mushrooms, mm. I think, and then just kind of weaning the person off that mm. way. And I thought, oh, what if this is a whole new frontier? Oh, it is. It's happening? It's real? Yeah. Oh. Oh, for sure. I mean, this is, uh, you know, I've probably had maybe 11 episodes about psychedelics on on my Here We Are podcast. A lot of that is because I try to keep that life separate from my science podcast. And I also have to, like, reach out to all of these academics that might have whatever judgment about, like, being interviewed by some druggy weirdo or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I've talked with people about, you know, the environment and and uh, curing AIDS and, like, all these important topics. And of the thing that I'm most help- hopeful of, I would say psychedelics has um, the most potential in, in, a, in a safe clinical setting, has, has the most potential for, like, creating a real uh, change mm-hmm. in, in the world in terms of, I mean, MDMA is probably going to be legal for clinical use by... Um, 2021, uh, the MDMA studies, the phase two studies that the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies has done, and they're kind of like the big, more well-known one. Um, they uh, and these are like these are academics. These are not like some hippy to be. Yeah, know. yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the academics synthesize and design a lot of these. You know, cocaine right. was originally had medicinal uses and. Um, but just, acid and then even like heroin was prescribed early on like for people's skin and things like that and oh hero bear used to sell heroin and like the in like the 20s uh, it was like in the sears catalog it was like marketed uh, housewives like yeah. you know you're, you're uh busy and stressed about cleaning up around the house and baking like try heroin you know <laughs> it'll brighten up your day <laughs> and yeah it was a different uh was a different world back then and that whole history is really interesting too i I mean the ebbs and flows of if it gets a stain on it meaning that oh now this drug's illegal dang it like this Mm -hmm. people have very little to say negatively about it and everyone seems to behave themselves on it Mm -hmm. marijuana comes to mind obviously there because very few like i flipped out and killed everybody Mm -hmm. kind of stories and just now starting to moderately kind of back I know certain states people like it's totally but like as far as a national or even global level still a stigma with it still like a uh, hey we want a productive workforce that goes to CrossFit and it's psyched dude you don't want to be all stoned you don't want to want these people yeah now that productive workforce is like turning into now we we do meth so that I don't fall asleep behind the wheel of my big rig or so that I can (laughs) get through like 
a 12 hour day at, at the factory doing the same job mm-hmm. over and over and I have to work 12 hours because I'm about to be replaced by robots so I got to be as robotic as I possibly can yeah. until the robots become more you know that's it's uh I think we're in a tricky position I think this this might be a, a big part of why um psychedelics are uh, are kind of um rising to the to the surface again is just the way in which um drugs evolve within a culture a drug a drug doesn't survive necessarily because it's the best thing for you there's all sorts of factors with how profitable it is and how practical it is what the side effects are um and and it has been um uh since uh, i mean psychedelics were a regular part of our ancestors rituals and ceremonies and i do think like i mentioned in the in the first part that you know everyone kind of had to be a thing uh, everyone had to be kind of everything like mm-hmm. you could delegate delegate a little bit like you do you do the majority of the gathering since you got to breastfeed and stuff so i guess that kind of makes sense and we'll do the majority of the hunting but like we're all kind of doing the same and we're all kind of building the shelters and we're all kind of doing the create and then the agriculture came around and that kind of changed everything and that was only exacerbated by the um industrial revolution where now it's like you go and you press out this thing each day all day long so what you talked about like uh, the malleable nature of a human being both physically and our brains you know our brain Mm -hmm. maps can change break your hand and have to abuse you Mm -hmm. know uh, fine motor skills on your left hand suddenly new parts new neurons are active in your brain Mm -hmm. you're fundamentally kind of changed there you might Mm -hmm. have new thoughts because those neurons are active uh you you're active and running your bone density increases you go into space and don't use your muscles and your body physically grows your dna might change mm-hmm. as to adapt to what's there but then i would think with like adaptation to a certain degree if i'm on the same line that you are thinking that like you know how some people seem like retrievers or they seem like jack russell terriers in that boy this person loves doing puzzles so when you're sitting around mm-hmm. in the agrarian style of everyone just kind of like thatching or digging or, mm-hmm. you know, chopping down trees, I, part of me feels like that was always in us and people were attracted to certain types, you know, like, oh, this guy that I'm attracted to as the woman, he kind of has a similar vibe that I like. And he seems to really like braiding and weaving yeah. thatch together. But it, maybe other people have always, I just don't think they were, not to disagree with you, but I, I, like the topic or the- No, I'm glad that- The assertion you're kind of saying, do you think like it's just exacerbated over time? Because I think those so. genes carry on? Like specific yeah. genes to that or are we- Yeah, and and I, I guess uh, where I'm going, and this might be really far-fetched, is is that I think in terms of of self-medicating as a, as a culture, because these- uh, individualized these uh, like uh, getting narrow and narrow. look like I only do stand up comedy that's not it's not like a bad thing you know it used to mm-hmm. be everyone would make each other laugh or whatever <laughs> and then there would be like a funny guy yeah I'm you know? a roofing guy you're the laugh guy yeah this, you know so so this is I think exacerbated by modern these huge cities and everything but I I think that that is why a lot of the a lot of the speed and everything else has has been uh, amphetamine. And now, if you like, Ritalin and Adderall given to children, and this conversation about 
attention deficit disorder. It's, it seems like a lot of these these young boys don't want to just sit still in a <laughs> in a chair for eight eight hours a day. What's wrong with them? Like, well, I don't think that they we've necessarily evolved to have young men doing that, and yeah. and women as well. But uh, I mean, why why are why do men show higher rates of ADHD? I think probably boys were tumbling around a little bit more um, back then, and that's something that's maybe a little more in us. Can of worms with gender difference stuff that I don't need to really bring up. But um, but I, I think that um, if you look at kind of the history of where we've gone with drug use in the last... Uh, a couple hundred years it seems like you know caffeine you know everyone loves their co- coffee was coffee was like a sinful like illegal and s- like when it first took off in whatever country at first th- this was like a thing that like you know first only royalty had and then it was like illegal and and you know they were trying to figure out what to do about this coffee stuff mm-hmm. uh sugar same way sugar was the exact same way and um and so people don't you know, everything's pretty psychoactive. I mean, I can, I, I'm sure I'm, uh, like right now, a lot of what I'm saying is sedative, uh, for like, it's a very powerful sedative, like putting people <laughs> to sleep. So like, so, you know, these, uh, everything in life can be psychoactive, but in particular, people don't think about like sugar and salt also being a drug and an addictive one at that. Well, we're just these and, little, molecular receptors Mm -hmm. you put in the right combination of molecules and we react any number of ways which i you know people that struggle with any of the afflictions or mental health disorders that are the most prevalent these days things spend a lot of their time wondering like what is it is there something Mm -hmm. that i'm doing to make this brain chemistry react this way what if i drank more soy milk would that do something there's just a feeling of like i'm just chemicals i'm just chemicals walking around i should be able to adjust it in a way yeah and i think that's part of the importance of having these cognitive liberties because i do think we get like a sense of what works best for us when we don't have just like one thing like alcohol that's like this cure-all but i i think a lot of uh the industrial revolution was like be super productive and then you know we recognize that some of you are going to need to drink the memory of how that day went away (laughs) right right afterwards and i mean alcohol also like alcohol means more children so like alcohol is going to you know evolutionarily alcohol is going to do quite well because more alcohol means more more genes being I've spread. I've always felt that way. The a- advertising has always been hand in hand with it. A lot mm. of the products are things that are illegal. They just don't. They don't mean more children. It's weird that like you know doing stand up. If someone says they, you know, well, what's going on? You had a date or it's our. If someone mentions anything sexual, the a crowd's natural reaction is to cheer. Mm. Hey, all right. Hey, I just had sex recently. Right. Yeah, like we are wired up. Yeah. On every level. That's why we're here. (laughs) But you wouldn't think you'd be so proud of it or be so primitively in us. And not that people would go, oh boy, I accidentally am going to have a kid. I mean, that'd be weird as well. But just the feeling of, is that that all it is? Just these things that are so hardwired to make more of themselves... It's a bizarre thing. That that's drugs- why I think it's masked in the con- uh, consciousness. I think that's why what I think that we're given this romanticized poetic story of, of like what's really just like spraying a load into 
and to somebody you know like mm-hmm. we really you know we make these beautiful movies about like love and passion and blah, blah, blah. And i think it is a lot of just us justifying these yeah. uh, base instincts and in, in um, <laughs> fancier and fancier when you get like ways. pollen stuck to you or spores or any right flora or fauna reproductive stuff you're like god you're disgusting nature you're disgusting right and then we're just covering our selves up with clothes and things we're like we're much more demure than that we're, oh, we're not no. just out there f- throwing it into the open and hoping some other fish swim into it and wiggle their way around and right i'm sure if you asked to be it'd be like well you gotta stop to <laughs> smell the roses or whatever but that's because <laughs> the flowers have hijacked its reward system so that yeah. it'll spread its pollen <laughs> around I, I mean i think that uh you know you 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 ask uh, you know, we have to like talk with journalists or radio radio hosts or whatever. Why did you become a stand up comedian? And I have, you know, I, since I was a little kid, I wanted to do this. I respected the art form, blah blah blah. The art, the art, the art. Yeah, you know, like uh, as you're saying, I used to like uh, really labor over these jokes, and like that's what I'll tell you. That's what my consciousness will will tell you, and that's what I tell myself too. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely believe that. But if a alien anthropologist is looking at my life, they'd be like, look, this this primate has figured out this way of drawing attention to himself, advertising his wit, he's gaining resources from doing this, he's increasing his social status, and he's acquiring potential mates all in this process. So those are the things that is clearly driving him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like my consciousness doesn't even like is oblivious to all of those. Well, not because you said it. I mean, once it's there, then y- you can keep going back to the genetic structure of exactly what created that. And mm-hmm. even if you know all of it, there I would still say there's probably one percent of you that goes, "Yeah, it is still weird, though." Yeah, you know that it is like okay. Well, you could look at it like this happened and this happened, and therefore someone did this in class when I was in second grade and I made this and the class laughed and that stuck with me. It was like an all time dopamine high, Mm -hmm. but even still like, why did you do it? And because so many people had that thing and they didn't go be comedians Mm -hmm. or so there's, there's so much to it that, but yeah, I think we are just, well, it's just this endless sea of like causality and these Mm -hmm. random. uh, Is there a type that you revere of human? Someone that lives alone in a cabin or someone that like, Oh, that is an interesting question. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I, I cut you off. Oh no, I was going to go on and on with examples, but you get Um, the idea. Let's see. What traits do I like? I mean, I go back and forth because like, you know, I just got done hanging out with a bunch of psychedelic um, yeah, you were at a hippies that were like, well, one, they were researchers, but then also like, there's going to be few conferences where a researcher is going to be like, look, I I was an atheist and everything, but yeah, I smoked five MAO DMT and I connected directly with the divine and we are all god and this is all one thing i don't know what else to tell you it's just clear as day nothing's ever been clear i mean i'd like to say that that's just a product of my mind but i could any one of you could go and smoke five meo and you'll see the exact same thing that i you don't have to take my word for it and uh and then part of me is like um yeah i'm very skeptical of of those people and part of me really likes uh, really academic um, people, and then sometimes, sometimes I'm like, yeah, but they're a little like too 
dry, a little too like organized and on top of things for mm-hmm. me. I, I, if anything, I like like the mad scientist yeah. guy who's who's like, uh, like there's this guy Robert Robert Trivers that that is like kind of known as being like a little bit crazy, but he also like has changed the way in which we think about evolutionary psychology and biology and been incredibly influential and had these incredible ideas and almost all of them, every time he had an idea, everyone was like, no, that's crazy. And then all of his ideas eventually got kind of proven, you know, as as much as you can prove anything. Um, uh, And so like that is kind of like the creative, like mad scientist type, but then I'm like hanging out with comics is like pretty much one of the most wonderful things mm-hmm. that uh, I I get to do. Uh, I don't know. I like I like that humans have a. It's easier for me to define what I don't like. <laughs> I think that's very in, common in with, people. Yeah, that's a very maybe that's a current thing, but it's probably always been the case of just yeah. like, I don't like that. I don't I don't like that. Like, and part of it's my upbringing too. Some of it is like I I had a pretty confining upbringing it was really nice you know in in terms of like i mean everyone was well-intentioned and well-meaning mm-hmm. i wasn't abused i mm-hmm. like a stable enough you know this and that my my parent you know church and school and doing all the things that you're supposed to do yeah that was a nightmare for me it was a prison for me and so <laughs> i just like i really grew to resent um people that like never left their hometown or like never like read any idea outside of like the thing that they were conditioned to like when they were six years old. And I, and I very much, that's something that I still, I spend a lot of time wrestling with like how much of that is because I do, I do believe that we've evolved to uh, these many traits for a reason. And I think that there is a usefulness and a utility and, and some people that will just kind of like, follow along and like things being orderly and like do the things that they're supposed to do. And maybe not everyone should be a fucking t- psychedelic comedian <laughs> that's like doing a bunch of drugs and drinking too much. And like, yeah, it, you know, it, so, so I don't know. It definitely, yeah, it'd be easier for me to define what I don't like, uh, in people. And then also it's like part of it's like, I remember being like fairly bigoted and stuff when I was younger because that was kind of the environment that I grew up in. And mm-hmm. so now, um, um, now that I'm, you know, very, very much, you know, as I got older and became an adult and learned this empathy stuff and whatnot, part of me wonders if I am too hard on like, uneducated uh, like white rural people that are like scared for their jobs and whatnot just because like that was sort of me at one point and I'm like that's the aspect of my uh, life history that I am really embarrassed about and Mm -hmm. so maybe that's like uh, maybe I don't have enough empathy like well I understand how those beliefs are formed and it's a lot of like fear based and maybe they're like feeling like they're being attacked but like and part of me is like, no, fuck those people that like, and then it's like, well, I can't, but if I hate people that are hating people, is that, you know, it's this tricky. Yeah. I mean, especially with comedy there. And I don't think it's relevant anymore. I think the, the impact of comedy is probably a little bit too negative, but I think it's diffused or been extinguished largely. There's too many voices and they've from the most part, all kind of saying the same thing, but 
early, I think we were probably from the same sort of, and I think a lot of people are, even watching like the latest Chappelle specials, I think he's very much from that school of like, this is what comedy was birthed out of. It came from vaudeville to this like, hey, we're all we're all kind of communicating, but we're not saying anything. Let's go to a central place and let's share some ideas. I'll mm-hmm. do most of the talking. I have amplified sound. But I'm going to say some things that really push at you, challenge you, offend you outright, and let you leave and chew on them and think about them. And Bill Hicks was real big into that, you know, traveling everywhere. But he would go to those places you're talking about, but largely just kind of scream at them and fight with them. But he's a rich kid from Houston. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, the empathy couldn't really be there. I mean, However, by being around them and doing that, you gain some traction and familiarity with it. But it almost seems like you or people from that same sort of background would have a much more impact, impactful uh, kind of uh, uh, existence with them. If it's you- my dream to be like a lot of what I'm doing is thinking about is going out getting all this fantastic information from all these academics all these different things that i was never i never had an opportunity to see and i didn't go to college or anything else and this is just like i'm genuinely interested like student of the world and i i had i started my podcast because i had already i was just like meeting academics because i was like reaching out i just wanted to learn i had questions and Mm -hmm. and i was just having these mind-blowing conversations like it's not bright that was them talking me having my mind blown and being like why more people need to hear about this can i be a brit how would i explain this stuff to yeah. Like my family, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yell it at them, mm-hmm. you know, could I, uh, could I explain this to, how do you, uh, to someone that would normally be very aggressive toward anyone talking about like evolution, say, this is like a threat to their belief system. Yeah. Is there a way that I can instead... Um, say, hey, have you ever noticed this wacky gender difference? Men and women are different, right? And, the, and they're like, yeah, they sure are different. And they're like, okay, now here's some interesting biology of why those differences occur. Like, can I get in that way? Yeah. And and um, and that's been a big part of like what my mission has been <laughs> for the last seven years or so. Yeah, I think there's that guy, the liberal redneck or something like that. There are a few people that are, I, I remember we started Professor Blastoff that was kind of, Tig and I were having one of those conversations and I was like, I, I think this, I, I really love, I've always loved having those kind of conversations that you would just, deter, you would term atypical. That didn't mean like, well, we're not talking about the weather or sports or some person we knew growing up, just anything outside of that Mm -hmm. atypical. And I thought like, I didn't know much about podcasts, but like, it seemed to me that if more of those conversations were happening, it just couldn't hurt the overall awareness of planet Earth, particularly the United States and the dense middle of it. I don't mean dense like in their... um, their makeup mentally, but to a certain degree, like that's a dense sort of thing to penetrate, to get in there to all these dogmas, all these habits, mm-hmm. all these traditions, all these things like, hey, you can have them and keep them, but be nice about it. Why do you have to have those things and then be okay with children being separated from their families at the border because you believe so strongly in these rules that right. were established so long ago? Like, let's question everything about our existence, particularly the rules that dictate our county or city or state on and on you know like it's so bizarre to me that anyway so those podcasts i think are there are more of them now 
but they only seem to reach out to the people that are interested in them. So how do you mm. get, it's not like you can drive like a, an ice cream truck around town blaring a podcast and like, huh, everybody get this in your ears. And people are going to wander out and be like, well, I was thumbing through the Bible, but I'll give it a listen. Yeah, I mean, you tell me. I'm sure P- Professor Blastoff had more listeners than um, than my Here We Are podcast. I, I do. Uh, I think I do okay with myself, and I uh, for myself. And then I also I just perform a lot in those areas. Uh-huh. I make most of my living performing, like in the Midwest, in the Bible Belt, in Texas. But do you and- get? So the people that come out, are you finding that it's like, hey man, I dragged my cousin out, and whew, he is. He's got a story to tell about how he was raised and how closed off it was. Or, or do you feel like you're getting people that are slowly coming out to see your show? Or is it just like, hey, man, I'm a, I'm a progressive person. I just happen to live here. I'm psyched you're here. Like, well, great. But, you know, are you are you reaching across a divide, do you feel like? Most of what I do is uh, performing to a bunch of strangers that have no idea, like, who I am. I have, I have fans that come out to shows, but that's not the majority of the audience mm-hmm. for the most part. Unless, like, my, my good trip, my psychedelic tour was people that were either knew me or were fans of psychedelics that was Mm -hmm. very very different than all of the rest of my career which is like going into um you know these these rooms and then presenting um these i i i'm actually pretty careful about saying anything um that would give away a political leaning outside Mm of um outside of like you know i i talk i talk about science but, but if I, you mention things like empathy and kindness, don't you feel like sometimes... Oh, I don't. Oh, you don't. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I wouldn't go into edgy territory like that. Yeah, I don't want to walk the crowd talking about kindness. No, no, I haven't. Um, no, and, and then in my real life, and my po- I mean, my hope is, is that people will hear my podcast. And I mean, I think... Th- uh, uh, you know, think that I was funny, grab a card, listen to my podcast. Like, oh, maybe I'll... Yeah, maybe yeah. I'll hear about like if I can give someone like a fun little interesting factoid that then leads to an interesting concept. I mean, I'm quite open on my podcast of like here's a lot of what I'm doing, guys. Here's this interesting concept that the scientist is going to share with you, and I want you to steal that concept and use it at parties to sound interesting and cool mm-hmm. and maybe you'll get more friends and get laid from it and then uh, hoping like ideas will be spread yeah. that way like uh, appeal to people's own self-interest like mm-hmm. what is the benefit that you can actually gain from this is is there is there a benefit to um like leaving your church and now believing in in evolution to uh because like neat now now we know how we're uh, how we're here and we and we know that the the uh, church thing was off or or wrong or or whatever i'm not sure that that's like a really sellable thing you have this your church has this uh, social network and you had all these friends and community there um can i can i tell you a little something about evolutionary theory that will explain why like if you put um some say like a certain color on your wall or have like lavender air freshener or whatever in your business maybe you'll turn a little more of a profit Ooh, <laughs> that that's interesting oh okay that is that's what the benefit uh, so yeah. it's it's trying to make it clear like how can this 
actually benefit you as an individual and then hopefully your society and community as well. I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. We're probably not going to change the world today. But <laughs> if, if, you can, if you can like just nudge people a little bit and and show then and and then people are and a lot of people are in pretty monotonous uh boring jobs where they're just like you know i have a lot of truck driver listeners that have a lot of hours behind a wheel to stay and like yeah they love listening to classic rock but not for 12 (laughs) hours straight and now there's this podcast okay now they like hearing about sports for a while but okay but maybe i can mix it up and throw something else in there and my hope is is that even you know once a month just to be like you know maybe i'll stimulate my mind a little bit and check out this podcast to, there's a guest talking about neuroscience let's see if i can understand this thing and i think yeah. that i can deliver it in a way that most anyone can understand nice man and then that's what i was getting at with i'm certain that we were not the first podcast to have those atypical or try to have those atypical conversations. And, but I, I and we were unaware or unfamiliar with who was doing it prior, just as I'm unfamiliar currently. And people, that trucker just kind of keeps it to themselves likely. Mm -hmm. But you know, the reason for doing it is it hopefully because I, and I do feel like the general quality of conversation and maybe that's specific to where you live, but I mean, we travel, we go to different places and, Yes, you can get into conversations about what people are watching on television. That seems to be real common these days. Political stuff, the gender stuff, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But then every now and again, the topics and concepts that thread their way through those or just weave their way or just drop in every now and again are, oh, I, I was listening to this thing. I don't know where this is coming from. Blah, 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 blah. Something interesting. Something that everyone there hears and goes, that is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And so maybe the overall quality and maybe that's the reason for doing it is trying to develop a society or build at least your community around you that is more enjoyable yeah that's all it is it's like i just can't hear more about the weather i just i know i I mean that's much of my up uh, upbringing i mean you could ask any one of my relatives like who who in your family you think would be most likely to become a stand-up comedian one of them is going to be guess who i would have been like the lowest on i never said anything like ever (laughs) i just didn't talk at all like i i felt um i felt like i was like an alien in this world i didn't i didn't get why people were like going on and on about the weather i didn't understand what the fuss was about sports like i loved playing sports like oh that's fun i didn't understand like why you would (laughs) <laughs> like I love board games. Like I don't know why someone would prefer to sit and watch others play a board game yeah. rather than but not only that but like care about it more than the people playing the board game yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Like I've never <laughs> I've never got that. I never got um the having to go to church every every week uh was just like a nightmare for me. School same. Yeah. I wish I wouldn't have been so hard in school. Um, and I think school has an opportunity and our education system does create, uh, you know, it's kind of the I best mean, that we have, but it's, it also still felt very like constricting and, and, uh, oppressive and, and rather, uh, and filled with lots of like poor and uh, some poor information, some uh, unnecessary information. Schooling getting in the way of your education kind of thing. Yeah. The Mark Twain quote, but you're such a, uh, such a novel kind of I don't know like a rarity I suppose in that regard that 
some people that just school doesn't jibe with them. I have plenty of friends that didn't even graduate high school, and yet they've managed to like have really some of them insanely successful careers. Um, but it doesn't always include like nourishing themselves with intelligent ideas or concepts or just an education in that way, the way you've gone out and sought it out and like brought it to you. Mm-hmm. And if that is what the world becomes, like say net neutrality becomes a huge issue, the world itself will still be an accessible place that you can go to libraries or you can just call someone up or wander into their office or just say, hey, fill my head up with some of the stuff that you know. It's so fascinating that you've done that and like made it a huge component of your life. I don't think that a lot of people have have done that or gone that route to like, I'm, like, I'm going to achieve an education, but I'm doing it solely on my own terms. Mm-hmm. No, no student debt out of that one. Pretty fast. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, I mean, that's my hope is that my podcast will be like a, as good of a college education mm-hmm. um, within, you know, uh, another, another five uh, 10 years I will have had enough yeah, episodes no where place. like if people listen to all of these episodes that will be yeah. as good as any uh, sitting through lectures nice um, but. well yeah check it out everybody if, especially if you're in um, desire of, an, of a new education or just to refresh things go back over some stuff stimulate your mind you know sometimes you're having a conversation something sticks in the back of your head like oh we never did fully touch on that no. I suppose with the psychedelics that's mm-hmm. the part that's so foreign to me like doing not just mushrooms or probably like peyote and DMT and LSD and a variety of other things along the way. Those are like the big ones, the the main pillars that I know of. On the documentary, we did mushrooms, LSD, MDMA, ketamine, DMT, and ayahuasca. Okay. So maybe the next documentary will cover some of the others. Yeah, get into those off-the-menu ones. The I suppose, and you brought up earlier the guy that kind of found God it's one of those things that like so many people that get into that come away with the same answer that it makes it seem to me if there were a God figure or designers of the software that is us, they would absolutely put in a room or a, a maze or whatever you'd call it. that mm-hmm. You'd wander through a labyrinth. But if you did happen to stroll into Oz's room, there would be a default answer to just send you on your way. That is, mm-hmm. we're all one, beat it. And <laughs> finds our way into that room through these really strenuous psychological sort of adventures. And mm-hmm. then, oh, we're all one. Got it. It's just, it's never novel to me. It's never unique, I guess. Right. And that's what I'd, I'd like people that's to That's what irritated with. me, too. Uh, and that's why I kept on going back to psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Because I'd be like, well, yeah, I mean, I'd smoke DMT and be like, well, I mean, it certainly looked like I seemed like I transported to a completely different reality mm-hmm. um, than this and had whole lives and interacted with these other things. Yeah. Then I'd always come away and be like, but that's probably not what happened. Like, it's probably something else. It's probably probably like this multiverse of perception inside of my head and this is how like ideas and I mentioned the movie Inside Out mm-hmm. earlier. I mean, I think it's not perfect if on the children's representation, but I think that there's something like that happening um inside of our heads that we aren't having access to and how exciting most people are just like it's a different dimension the people that are the most convinced like people come up to me after a show like but this and that is like it's definitely god because of this Uh, they're talking i'm like wow i wonder 
like th- this person really they seem a whole lot more experienced than me and i'm like so i like how many times have you smoked dmdds <laughs> i thought i did a dangerous number of times <laughs> and they're like oh i i like i kind of tried it once it didn't really work but i'm i'm convinced it was like <laughs> aliens and like blah 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 and so some people are just they see it one time and they're like yep that's that's all of the answers and yeah. and i even i haven't talked about that in my show maybe not buying fully into that like you know the first time you trip or whatever or the hundredth time necessary either because a big part of it's being a traveler a seeker right yeah if you if you seek and find what you seek that makes the next time you go seeking a little more boring so Mm -hmm. is there always a new avenue to go down new new trail to you know traverse i think that there is yeah i mean i i think that uh like i have five kind of running themes um of like say when i do dmt of like these worlds that i'll kind of pop into uh and so then i'll be like uh, and i haven't smoked dmt in some time it's, it's things started to get just too uh too intense uh really but but i would uh you know there was times when i'd be like i think i figured this out now and i think i know what this is and i think like this thing that i'm communicating with is this is this kind of like default mode supervisor or something like that in in my in Mm -hmm. my head and like i i have a i have a pretty good idea of you know it's gonna be one of these five kind of worlds or something and i smoke dmt and be like well this was this was as different as dmt is from this life and this existence this experience that i'm having is as different from every dmt trip that i've ever had uh you know then this like wow. and so that's like how different these different um worlds can be and so i i i i'm often suspicious of but i haven't that's actually why i haven't done when i talked about 5mao dmt which is very very different in experience to um regular dmt which it just happens to have the molecular everything's very different about it, it just happens to have the same letters in it is the only similarity um but i i've been nervous about doing it because every because they call it the god molecule because everyone without a (laughs) doubt smokes 5mao dmt and goes like yep that was god all right like (laughs) without a doubt that was absolutely god and uh so yeah but uh so i've been a skeptic i mean that was part of why i had kind of a psychological break last year was because some of the things that happened to me were a little too real it was a little too the trip itself was fantastic ayahuasca is what ultimately triggered it uh Mm -hmm. it was one of the most um wonderful experiences of my entire life and then got done and really didn't think much of it other than like this was very profound and then it was like it had kind of told me what was going to happen including that it was going to show that i was going to become a crazy person and then i would like be able to talk about these things after the fact i would be able to like having gone crazy would get me whatever attention that i needed to be like this voice that would be able to like explain these things and in like a reasonable way that would get people to kind of change their minds so that more people would be interested in accessing these various demand and then like and it made all these other predictions as well and like the predictions just started coming true like immediately like the following day the day after and and i was like that's why i was like what's it what's happening was that like things from the future was that like yeah i don't understand this and and it started so then it was like you know i've i've gone my whole life 
you know, believing a certain thing. And I've gone up, I've been doing psychedelics for 20 years and being like, yeah, I mean, I'm, all these hippies are kind of wish thinkers and, <laughs> and, uh, like they're, they're not, you know, th- thinking through what these psychedelic experiences actually are. And, and, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in a well thought out way, they're just accepting whatever. And then I had to like come to terms with like, well, what if I was wrong and this experience is what it seems to be? Then uh, like my brain just kind of had to like throw out the rule book and then like re put back together, like what perception and consciousness and what life it, and that was just an incredibly hard and scary task trying to yeah. put all, put it all That's of this the thing back that together. That's me the most is, is open-minded or open to any new idea or rational kind of logical explanation for what this could be. Cool. Lay it on me. But then if it heaps in too quickly or something in a way you're like, Whoa, that was way too much. That's what psychedelics seem like to me in the way that I would want to just dabble here and there Mm -hmm. every five years or so, just a check in, just to make sure I'm not getting too run down into the monotony of buying into this reality. Mm -hmm. But do you, when you think of the universe, do you think of like, Big Bang, it's all this one thing. It's molecules and atoms that align themselves in Carl Sagan's style, sort of universe experiencing itself. But to then go into somewhere within those molecules where the the part of you that unites everything, that can mm-hmm. contact the originator of it, does that seem like what psychedelics are? To just remind you like, oh yeah, that is what it is. Or is it way too big to describe I mean, the the Shane not on psychedelics would tell you that like this is probably very well just like a drug induced trip or whatever. When I when I do say DMT, it seems like there is some sort of um, mathematical pattern collecting like all of what's possible, like almost a, almost a, a machine like trying to get to the end of pi or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but just calculating every single mathematical. A possibility um and in my conversations with this thing it was like well like once this pattern got complicated enough it like gained consciousness and like i don't know why this is happening but i just know like all of this has to happen because it's every possibility that there is mm-hmm. and this like like what the big bang is 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 just like a couple different possibilities coming together it's like a it's like a a TV show pitch, but with uh, with different physical laws coming together in this new set of physical laws that explode into existence, and everything that happens within this is just filtering data back into this system, which expands itself. But then I, I think, like, sometimes I think, like, the Big Bang could... Uh, see, I think the, uh, the thing that I'm really the most cautious of is egocentrism, that thinking any of any of this or any of us are special in any way mm-hmm. um uh, l- losing sight of how insignificant like our lives actually are mm-hmm. and, and i think that we are psychologically wired to think that uh, what we are and what but this do you existence think psychedelics is, is more take that off a little bit and make you so comfortable with the idea like you just pass through and your little not to use the term spirit in the traditional sense but whatever that would be the little softness that for a brief moment was the physical embodiment of you touched Mm -hmm. down and existed for a little while and then back up into the thing yeah that 
Does that seem sad sometimes? Like people want statues built of themselves and things like that. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, I mean, if it makes anyone feel any better, I've I've had a number of psychedelic experiences where it seems like when this is all over uh, after death, there is lots more going on after death. That's the thing that I don't believe like from any kind of scientific standpoint or anything it seems like from a psychedelic experience that's exactly what's happening it seems like that this existence is us creating a story that is like we're in the middle of a book and we are creating both the past and the future and everything all uh within this one thing oddly enough that i in this way that i don't understand but then i also but then like when i try to play that down i also think that like maybe the Big Bang is just like the inevitable outcome of like the, it's just like a backfire on a shitty exhaust of a broken down <laughs> spaceship on this, on this, th- that like some dude's like shitty uncle uh, <laughs> has. It and it's just like, so in, what this seems like, this court, the universe is like something that. The, on some other level they're not even aware that yeah. like any of the like uh the whatever microbes in my gut had an entire existence and died and in, in mm-hmm. the amount of time that we've had this conversation you know <laughs> that was their entire universe yeah so i don't know i go back and forth at that i i think that i think that these are interesting questions and uh i think that would you trade them for in the search being a seeker for Obviously, you wouldn't because you came from there. But is there a part of you that looks at people from, you know, where you grew up, dogmatic kind of lifestyle? If we do this, then these holidays, then hey, this is important. You do this, you know, like the routine and this never thing. Does that in some way kind of is there something enviable about it, or not at all? I mean, I think that there's a lot of benefits to it. I think that this also like comes with age, you know, there that we're right now at the age where we transition into where if, if they're given, if you uh, have, have people of all different age ranges articulate, um, you know, the most recent experience that they look like really fondly on a person younger than us is reliably going to pick an exciting thing that happened to them. A person older than us is reliably going to, pick a relaxing time with their spouse or or family or something and and we're in the middle of that at our middle of like it's going to be a little bit on on both sides and it might be at as we age more become very comfortable with relax i've been thinking uh sometimes like i think what is like and you do need to be careful to not overplay like some utility in every single thing because some things are some things that look like really important and meaningful are just the inevitable outcome of the intersection of two other things that are functional and have utility but but that intersection itself is like why do we have a chin or something like that isn't isn't like there is no reason why a chin has to look a certain way you know Mm -hmm. and um it's just like a neck and a face coming together as (laughs) I think that sometimes as we as we age because when people are like oh this is all you know want you know we're not like an exciting looking for attention anymore and, and we're like you get older and you're like well you know I, you don't I've learned in my wisdom that you know you don't need to have everything and you can you can get by on just like friends and family and I just want to like 
sit around and as long as I have, you know, food and a roof over my head and mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, is that just like how you evolve later on where you're like, look, I don't want to be a burden around here. <laughs> like, I know I don't have a, like a whole lot of utility anymore, but if you can just kind of feed me and stuff, I'll stay out of my... And then and then conscious playing that up like this is like a very, I'm providing this wisdom, uh, yeah. uh, you know, and, <laughs> and so I don't know. I go back and forth and like, my, I don't... I don't know what this existence is or why these things are coming out of my mouth or why I think what I, I think. I, I have some Damn it. I have some fun so notions about it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like uh, oh man, if it was solved though, if it was all solved, that might be. Uh that, then then there goes any hope for free will. You solve it and free will's gone. That might not be a thing that we have anyway. Do we even but, already? Yeah, I mean who knows if yeah, we currently do. It's tough to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've taken up a ton of your time. We could do some bonus chatting if you want, or we can whatever, do it man. later. Whatever, man. For whatever. All right. I'm going to pause here, and then we'll see what we decide. No, let's do it. Yeah, let's, okay. uh, let me just get another water. Okay. It goes on. It continues. Um, you can never tell. Sometimes a chat is just meant to go a little longer. So those of you who belong or support the Patreon, you can listen to even more of that chat. I'm always curious when there's like two full hours of a conversation. If you're like, Hey dude, I guess I could look this up. I could look up the analytics or, or what have you, the, the download numbers, but I, I don't really, but I'm curious if you listen to two full hours of a conversation, you're like, I want to hear more. Or you're like, I, I just support the show through Patreon just to, cause I like the show. I guess I'll have to look that up because I think it's a good chat and hopefully you're enjoying it as well and want to listen to more of it. That's where to find it in the preach in the preachery. It's really hot here. I hope uh, if you're in Southern California, you're you've got air conditioning or you're staying in a pool full time or because it is obscenely hot. And wow, man, we were driving back from New Mexico, as you heard in part one, where we were uh, hanging out at the, um, tent rocks and very shortly after that as we had headed back toward arizona where we were staying with some friends uh the air conditioning in our car ceased to work so we drove like 800 miles across the desert in just unbelievably uncomfortable temperatures so it may have affected my brain even more than i've already accounted for so anyway i should probably get out of here prior to that but um thanks to those of you who support the show Stay cool out there, especially those of you in the desert areas. Why are you living there? Oh, just unbearable. Just to even be outside was, was just brutal. And then the thought that when the air conditioning in your car car goes out, you go, oh, I'm going to die now. Terrible. But I guess every place you live has some drawbacks to it. Why live in a gigantic city? You make a fair point. There are plenty of uh, gives and takes to all of it. Anyway, thanks for supporting the show. And thanks for the Patreon and, and donations or wh- wh- any way you're being involved. If you're suggesting music, you've fallen behind yet again. Dan just keeps sending in the hits. He's our new A&R guy here. And this one is from a group called Diet. It's called Danny Boy. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for stopping by the Space Cave.